All right, you may be seated. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. This year our theme has been transformation, and we've looked at it in so many different ways. Transformation, what's the M word? What's the word picture? Metamorphosis, right? A caterpillar becoming what? A butterfly, and, and it's really awesome. Robert, uh, you could pray for Robert. Uh, he's not doing well. Um, but you can, uh, Robert, a couple of weeks ago, I went over uh, after Triple C, I believe it was, and we picked up some uh, cocoons. And Robert had some caterpillars at his, at his house and built this structure and had these cocoons hanging on this lid, this whole thing that he built. And the whole point was for Nadine to take it to her first grade class so they can enjoy that whole process. And, and just a great word picture, real life picture of metamorphosis, that God desires us to be transformed from the inside out, right? To, to really be like Jesus. Our, our pursuit, according to the Bible, is to be godly and holy, not just good and moral, right? And we've talked about that. And, and I shared last week, as we were talking about the vision to move east, that in Nehemiah, in Nehemiah, when they went back to Jerusalem and they rebuilt the walls, in Nehemiah 7, one of the things that they did was they took a census. They counted everyone who would come back, and it was about 50,000 people. And, and I, was, I was thinking about that, and, and as a leadership team, we were thinking, Lord, okay, you're doing incredible things. We've been here almost close to seven years, you know, closing out year six. We're about to make a move to another address. Perhaps it's time for us as a church body, a church family, to sort of give opportunity for those who haven't um, to seek the Lord and, and, and perhaps take the steps with us together to be in what we call covenant here. Where, where what that means is, is God calling you to, to make this your church home. And what does that mean? What does that, what does that mean, you know? Uh, it, I kind of likened it last Sunday to sometimes you go to churches and you feel like you're dating, right? People come, and I love visitors, but, you know, it, it's always kind of neat to see the progression because generally they start in the back and they just start to work their way forward. But Annette, that's cool. You could stay right there because we know, we know you're in, right? Yes, so but, but that's Okay. Now, some, some will move forward, and generally, we kind of, one of the markers, not for everyone, we know that they feel more comfortable with us, and they're kind of getting, like, enjoying what's happening, is when, after service, they go out this door to the fellowship hall. See, when someone comes, you know, and that's fine. See, we, we want you to feel comfortable here. We want to welcome visitors, but we also understand it's a process. It's relationship. It's relationship. It takes time to get to know one another. And so what happened about five years ago, right towards the beginning of, of our move here, we, we presented an opportunity for covenant. And we have 20 to 30 people who went through that process, uh, really saying, yes, we believe that God is calling us to be a part of this church family. What does that mean? What does that look like? And the core of that group has really blossomed. And we've been so blessed into many of the leadership positions around here, the serving and, and I believe that, that that step of faith, that step of obedience to become uh, in covenant with us was an integral part of where you are today. It, it's just an integral part of that. You know, we're no longer dating. We, take, we became a thing. You know what I mean? And, 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 and in the church, we understand that. And, and, and I think sometimes churches have gotten away from this 
in the, in, the, in the last few years of how we do church because they try to be seeker sensitive and they, they don't want to you know, be too intrusive. And, and, and one of the, I think, the, the negative byproducts of that is you're almost two hands off. You're just two hands off and then you know, 10% of the people do 90% of the work or 5% of the people do 95% of the work. Here what's amazing is like 90% of you do 90% of it. It's amazing. It's amazing. We are so blessed. Yesterday was a great testimony to how many of you came out. So what we're going to do over the next few weeks is really explain to you our heart of covenant, what it is, what, 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 why is that important, what does it mean for us as shepherds to be in covenant with you, what does it mean for you to be in covenant with us, what does that look like, um, because we take it very seriously, because in First Peter, the Lord of the church, the chief shepherd says, hey, you shepherds, you, you under shepherds, shepherd the flock of God under your care. You know, and, and, and in Hebrews it says, we are going to have to give an account for you. It, it is not something to be taken lightly. We're not programmed, we're not glorified program directors around here. We are called to shepherd the flock under our care. When you say, yes, we believe that God has called us to be in covenant with you, at the core, okay, let me just help you to understand this. At the core, it helps clarify. For us, it helps clarify the flock under our care. It helps, it helps you understand our role. It helps you understand your role. It helps you understand how this whole shepherding thing works. And, and that's down the road. But over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about covenant. And, and I really encourage you to pray. Is God calling you to be a part of this church family? It's important. It's important. And, and like I said last Sunday, we don't use the word membership here. Because to us, uh, you know, covenant is biblical. And membership kind of feels like Costco kind of feels a little bit like L.A. Fitness, you know? And then you get into this whole, like, well, I'm a member, but I'm an inactive member. I don't even know what that means. I don't see inactive membership in here. And you're going to see that today. There's no such thing as an inactive member of the church. You'll see that. And so, rather than jumping right into all the, well, if you want to be in a covenant, in covenant here, here's what it, I was like, Lord, how do, how do we do this? What's the the progression so that we understand what it means to be in covenant with a local fellowship, whether it's uh, CLC, whether it's First Baptist, whether it's Calvary Chapel. Wonderful churches in here. We should all as believers be in covenant with a local body, right? We're not, we're not the biggest, baddest anything in this valley. We we're just us doing what God has called us to do. What that means is, is we have to understand what, what is this thing called church, Right? Because your understanding of church is directly related to your understanding, acceptance, even willingness to be in covenant. A lot of us are challenged with this idea of covenant slash membership. If that word resonates with you, that's fine. I understand there's different church backgrounds. Sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know about that. And it might just be because of your biblical understanding of church. What is church? You've been in church for so long, it's possible that you might have drifted into your understanding of church versus what Scripture says about church. And so, even if you're in covenant with us, don't check out. Because here's what's happening, and Tyler alluded to it. They have been there only one week. Crazy, right? One week's worth of work over there. The doors are open Monday through Friday. And what's happening is people in the community are driving by and walking by 
and then turning and going to chat primarily with these two guys. The community is coming in already. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It, it, it's a, I mean, there's miraculous stories already of conversations these two guys are having. What generally happens in the conversation, hey, da-da-da, general, you would say, across-the-board enthusiasm for, for what God is doing there. But at a certain point in their conversations, generally people are asking, so tell me about your church. See, what would you say to someone in that community if you happen to be up there at the next work day and you strike up a conversation and they're like, so tell me about your church. What would you say? We teach the Bible, right? So so there would be a lot of answers, but hopefully your answer to tell me about your church would be biblical. Would be biblical and and, and would, would, you know, lead them down a correct path of understanding not just us, but the church as a whole. And so today, don't check out because we're going to talk about the church. It's it's a churchy word. And sometimes when, when, when pastors teach on these sort of what we consider uh, churchy words. Uh, oh, today we're going to teach on David and Goliath. You see him and go, oh, David and Goliath. Isn't that, you know, I know that from VBS. So tell me something new, Pastor. David and Goliath. So today, the church. I'm in church. Now we're going to talk about it? Because here's the thing. What the Bible teaches us about the church is way more than where you happen to be this morning. The church is not just what you happen to be experiencing at this 959. You're at a place called a church, but that's not church at the core. What? And so that's what we're going to look at, right? Look at Romans 12, because the church is an integral part of God's transformation. Right? I, we have seen wonderful transformation in many of you over the last six years, right? The church, the people of God, have been an integral part of that and will always be. This right away, here's the application point. Why is this challenging? Because we're in a culture and a society that is very individualistic, very independent, very leave me alone ish. And so when you understand what the Bible teaches about being the church, oh, that gets uncomfortable real quick. Because we don't like anyone in our business. We don't like anyone messing with our business. And pastor, don't call me, I'll call you. Because I don't want you in my business. And a lot of people look at the church, we'll give you Sunday, probably Wednesday, come to a work day, but don't get in my no, you got to say it right. Business. My business. Don't get in my business. And, 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 and that's uncomfortable, yeah, right? I shared Kathy. Thank you. The Kathy, when she went through covenant six years ago, and part of the covenant process is, hey, if you're comfortable, we'll come to your house. What? Why? Well, we do an inspection. We, make, we check your TV. We check your magazines. We check your TV guide. We want to, you know, we want everything. Because we like you? <laughs> Why do you want to come in? <laughs> Hello? What are you doing here? <laughs> Nobody ever came to my house, right? <laughs> Let me dust off the furniture. <laughs> and we're sitting in her, her living room getting to know her. 
And she says, you know, this is weird. I've never had two church leaders in my living room before. And there was no crisis. There was no problem. We were just there because she believed God was calling her to be a part of this church family. And we just wanted to get to know her. Because that's how we grow together, is in relationship. Amen? And it was a wonderful conversation. And Kathy has blossomed. Right? And many of you can be, give testimony to that. So it's in the context of relationship that this transformation happens. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, the renewing of our minds as believers primarily comes through the understanding and application of Scripture. Right? Jesus says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So, we're set apart, sanctified through the application of Scripture. The challenging part, it says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. When I say the word church, what's really challenging is that the definitions you and I carry, the pictures we carry, the assumptions we make, our emotion connected to that word can kind of be connected to the world more than the Bible. And we just don't know it. We just don't know it. And so in this, in this series on transformation, what we have been challenged with is, Lord, what in my life is really still conformed to the world? Even as a believer, what in my life is still conformed to the world and what do I need to release, what do I need to put off and put on in order to be, tra- be transformed? So, so we have to be open even when we're studying something that we almost think we're very familiar with, the church. What is the church? Who is the church? What is the church supposed to do? Is it just, okay, we're going from 105 East Topa Topa to 1290 East Grand? Okay. You know, what's, what's happening? What is, what is the church? And, and your understanding of that and your application of that directly influences right now how you feel about being here. Right now. Believe it or not. Your theology of the church, your, your biblical understanding of the doctrine of the church has a direct impact on your experience right now. Because it's coloring everything, how you're interpreting everything that we're doing. Why did you come today? Well, because my wife made me come. You know, why? Why are you here? What part does, does does coming to church play in being the church? See, if, if if you don't have an understanding of that, your your experience on a Sunday morning will be radically different than the person sitting right next to you, depending on your biblical understanding of church. It will affect your enthusiasm. It will affect your motivation. It will affect your giving. It will affect your serving. It will affect your interactions with one another all based on your biblical understanding of church. It's a powerful thing. And we've joked, right, like what is the church, who owns the church, right? And I told you about the mug that Carl made when we first moved here. Well, yesterday, (laughs) there's this wall that's going to be removed. And Carl and Candy, you're not off the hook either because we have you. They did this. And they hacked into the wall. It says Richie's Church, if you can't read that. Right? 
So this wall is going away, and before they, they got there, they want to have some fun before everyone else arrives. So they get a hammer, and they start hammering into the drywall. Richie's church. I kind of get that. I kind of get that. But see, here's, here's the interesting thing. I went back in my notes, and we've taught on church here, and we started a church series on the very first Saturday night we were here. Because it's very important to understand what it is, whose it is, right? Whose it is, because it is not mine. It is not mine, right? Turn to Matthew 16. Thank you, Shiloh. You can put that up. Matthew 16. So we're going we're gonna to talk foundation today. And here's the challenging thing for each of us is to go home and have a, have a what we call around here a come-to-Jesus conversation with God about your view of church. Because you may just be surprised, because even though I'm teaching on it and have been in ministry and everything, I still was challenged this week with my view of church and what we're supposed to be about, right? So Matthew 16, 18. Remember this uh, conversation. And then uh, Jesus says this. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So Jesus says right off the bat, it's his church. It's his church. Now that is something that that we can assent to fairly easily. We can amen, we can thumbs up. But man, oh man, you know what? If you will stop and ponder that truth, there's a lot in that. Because suddenly it comes down to authority and submission and surrender. And, and, and right away, guys, i got to tell you, it goes against that nature that we all have. That independent, self-serving, self-pleasing, it's all about me, right? Why do we have to do it that way? Who says? Right? How many of you, whenever you, when you were young and your parents said, don't touch it, you just had to touch it? Just to make a point. Don't cross the line. How many of you had to get as close as you could to the line and then do that when they weren't looking just to make a point, right? See, when we say, Jesus says, I will build my church right away, he says, did you hear that? I'm going to build it my way because it's my church. Hmm. Okay, I mean, this is, this is the core. This is why we have to start here and not just jump into covenant. Oh, covenant, membership. That's where the leaders tell us all that we're supposed to do around here, right? No. But if we're not careful, that's how it gets interpreted and misinterpreted, right? So it's Jesus' church, and he builds it his way. And our faith step And our obedience step is to trust that His way is the best way. That's the step of faith, even for us as believers. Right? I told you, to to get that property over there has been years in the making. Waiting, trusting, asking God to show us in His timing, with His provision, in His way. Now... Even when we're there and all the hoops that we have to jump through over there with the city and with the contractors, it's still like this. We have to always be remembered. It's not Bill's project. It's not Tyler's youth group. 
It's His. But, it, but, it, but in the culture of ownership that we live in, we can start like this and then very, very slowly we do this. Case in point, how do you feel when someone's sitting in your seat? Oh, they're in my seat. Mildred, they're in our seat. I told you we had to get here sooner. Those visitors took our seat. Right? So we say, we want visitors. Come, come, come. Just don't sit in my seat. Take Ernie's seat. Right? So we go from this. It's our church. We want visitors. Come. Oh, all the donuts are gone. I didn't get my sprinkle. That new couple took my sprinkle. I saw them. Right? We're not careful. We, we start to go oh, and we want to no, do this, right? It's His church. And by faith, we have to always hold it like this. That's where churches get into church splits and division and this because we lose sight of the fact that we're just stewards. We're part of His big plan. Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship is part of the church of the Ojai Valley. Amen? The church of the Ojai Valley is part of the church universal. Amen? That's, we're just part of His kingdom. We're just part of His plan. Now, within churches, denominations, everything, nothing wrong with distinctives, nothing wrong with traditions, okay? It's not like we're better. We're just different personalities, different worship styles, right? Dressed differently. We can celebrate diversity. Amen? We can have unity without uniformity. You can have unity without uniformity. Just look around. Look how people are dressed here. Mm, right? I mean, we get that question. Hey, how can I dress? Right? How, how do I dress at your church? Right? And, and so we have to be very careful that, that we don't start putting these artificial things on the church that Jesus didn't even put on them. Because we're about transforming lives. I had a, a pastor friend who was on staff at a church in Orange County. And it was really interesting because this particular church felt comfortable with ashtrays outside their church in the courtyard. See, some of you are like, do they condone smoking here? So someone asked my friend, hey, bud, why do you guys have ashtrays out there? And I love his answer. He goes, well... Here's the thing. We believe people come here, they meet Jesus, they get transformed, and he'll take care of that stuff. They'll learn about stewardship of their body. Maybe they'll transform and give up the smoking in time. The ashtrays are not condoning smoking. They're just recognized that smokers come to church. And rather than laying the law down on another thou shalt not, that's not on the thou shalt not list, they believe that God will transform this person and over time they'll want to give up smoking for the stewardship of their body. That's where this church is. At. You see what I'm saying? But they could have gone the other way. But no, they understood the demographic where, they're li- where they live. They want people who smoke to get to know Jesus. And they trust that when people get to know Jesus, He will transform their behavior from the inside out. Something called what? Metamorphosis. That's, that's where we're going, guys. When we open the doors over there, there's going to be a whole new wave. 
And the question is, how will the church respond? How is the church? If you're part of the church, put your hand up. Ooh, careful. Yeah, I knew he was going to get me sometime today. We are part of the church. If you're a believer on Jesus Christ, right? Turn to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. We've got to just settle this issue. I know it sounds basic, but you've got to hang with me and you've got to spend the time really, really appropriating and applying it. 1 Corinthians 12. 12. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Question. When did you become part of the church? When you became a believer. When you became a believer. You were baptized, meaning placed into, identified with the body of Christ, the big C church, the church universal. Catholic, not Roman Catholic. The Catholic church means church universal. So every believer on Jesus Christ is a part of the universal church. Some call it the invisible church because you don't really kind of know who's really in and out. That's between each person and the Lord. But if you're a believer on Jesus Christ, at the moment you became a believer, you were baptized, placed into the church. And filled with the Holy Spirit. Some call that the baptism of the Spirit. So you were, by the Spirit, placed into the church and indwelt by the Spirit at the moment of conversion. Okay? Hmm. But I thought I get to pick whether or not I'm going to be a member. I thought, I thought it's up to me to decide my membership and covenant. So it's not a question of if, it's a question really of, well, what am I supposed to be doing then? This is what we're talking about. This is why, this is, this is it sounds basic, but if, if you don't hammer this down, you're going to be fighting God tooth and nail all the way down to the local church level. At the broadest biblical truth level, when you became a believer, you were baptized into the church with roles and responsibilities and gifts. You're already called immediately, not after two-year discipleship course, not after seminary. You're called immediately to take your place in the church. Do you ever stop being the church? See, we're about to end soon, so you're going to leave church. Or are you? Or are you? See, if you're going to go to Ojai Cafe Emporium, are you still the church? Huh, oh, row. Friday night, are you still the church? Saturday night, are you still the church? You're placed into the church, the body of Christ. You're already, you're, you're in. Oh, oh, oh. I wish he would just talk about covenant because I can politely say no. But when you talk about I'm already in with roles and responsibilities and privileges and gifts, 
oh man, that's a little bit, because, you know, I got my schedule. I got my schedule. I got my thing. I got my business. And now you're telling me that when I became a believer, I was put into God's church and my life is not my own and I belong to Him and I belong to each other? You're messing with my business. Yeah. That's truth. I grew up going to the church. It was the Roman Catholic tradition. And Sunday, diligently, there Sunday, unless the Chargers were in the playoffs, then Saturday night mass happened. We were set. We would give God that diligently, faithfully, would not miss. Either Saturday or Sunday mass would not miss. Done, signed, sealed, delivered. It's just what you do. It's just what you do. But as soon as church was over, I'm large and in charge. Right back to my thing and my business. Right? Because, see, in my mind, there was a church I go to, and then it's just my life. The Bible says, no, 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 time out. You're a believer, right? Did you know you're in the church 24-7? What? What? Yeah, you never stop being in the church. People who get their smog check over there on Roblar, they're going to church. They just don't even know. They're around the church. Ah. Your house, your home. The church is in your home. Hmm. It changes the paradigm, the worldview, radically when you start to understand the biblical teaching of this very common word called church. That's why we have to sell this. Because turn to Romans. This is kind of, kind of important. Turn to Romans 12. These are the verses after transformation. Look what it says there. Romans 12, let's start in verse 3. For by grace, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, here it is, next phrase, and each member belongs to to all the others. What? Each member belongs to all the others. Turn to the person next to you and give a big old smile. And say, you're stuck with me for all eternity. You and me. Look. Now, some of you are like, yes, woohoo, I'm not alone. Others are like, you're in my business. <laughs> you're in my business. I let people, I decide who I belong to. I decide my friends. I decide who I get close to and not to. I decide. I'm the gatekeeper. What do you mean? Everyone belongs to everyone in the church. 
That's uncomfortable, Pastor. Oh, yeah. I'll amen that. But I will tell you this. It is the church, 25 years ago, 27 years ago, it is the church being the church that was perhaps the biggest testimony to me coming to faith. I was not a believer. My wife was. She brought me to this Friday night Bible study of friends, but people from different churches that would gather at a home on Friday night. And she said, do you want to go to a Friday night Bible study? Well, because I was, just wanted to be with her. Sure! Not knowing what I was getting myself into. I've shared this story before. I walk in. The host, super nice guy, comes up, greets me, and gives me a hug. I'm like, why are you touching me? I don't know you. Weird. And then at a certain point, you know, and I'm watching, and they're all, they're genuinely like each other. Happy, joyful, talking about their week, right, laughing. And then it's time to gather for worship. What? Oh, we're just going to sing. It's just singing. So, of course, you know, in the living room, there's the core, the close ones. And then there's, so I'm in the way back. Singing. What's this singing stuff? They don't do this in mass. We don't sing. You know what I mean? I mean, like, sing, sing, sing. Because they were, like, singing to God like he was real. They were, like, singing these songs. That, you know, the Maranatha. It was back in the Maranatha. So they're singing these songs about loving Jesus and these songs like Jesus really loves them. And they're, like, lifting their hands and they're very emotional. They're, like, they're like singing. I'm like, okay. And then they open the Bible and the guy teaches like it's real. Like it's real. Like they're living their lives according to this book that I knew about but never studied on my own, but I just went to church. And then afterwards, we have dinner and they hang out and they like love me. They just love. They weren't trying to put on a show. I would, they just included me in. And over weeks, it was the testimony of the church being the church that folded me in and, and really helped me understand, ah, oh, this is Christianity. You got, okay, I get it. See, we think that Christianity, we're going to convert people by just teaching them and getting to believe all the right stuff and change, undo all the right behaviors. No, you know what will convert people and be a great testimony? Be the right church. Just be the church. Because people are watching you. They want to know if it's legit. They really do. And so, 25 plus years ago, I eventually come to faith through this group of believers simply being a group of believers. Not trying to convert me. Not trying to evangelize me. Just welcoming me in and loving me right where I was. And it was weird because at the end they would like break into these men's groups and prayers, you know, for prayer. And the men would go in the dining table around the dining table. And it's like, okay, we're going to pray. What? I had like all memorized prayers, right? Roman Catholic Church. Memorize the prayer. What do you mean talk to God? And then they did this. I'm like, I'm supposed to hold hands with these dudes? They like literally like put their hands out like I'm supposed to hold their hands. And then like, you know how people take turns? And I'm like, oh, it's coming around the circle. It's coming around the circle. What am I going to say? I don't talk to God like this. You know that awkward, like, you just don't say anything and you hope someone saves you by moving on? 
like, come on, dude, save me. I don't know what I'm doing. But you know what spoke to me in that crazy awkwardness? They really were talking to God. I was around a group of men that were actually talking to God and believed he was listening. And I was around a group of men that actually cared about each other to talk to God about this guy. I'm like, dude, this is kind of... See, I was very independent, very like me and my roommate in college. We were like, yeah, you know, we don't know anybody. We were like successful. I got there and over weeks and months, God broke me. I was like, you know what, Mr. Independent, you know deep down, you just need this, huh? And it was in that group of men that I started to break. Started to share my life. Cried. Think about that one. You know? Because it was the church just being the church. They understood. At the core, what, what they were to be about. The main thing was the main thing. And so, this morning, you know, I just want to encourage us Take the necessary time and ask yourself, how are you doing with this church? And the big picture, whose church is it? Are you living your life as part of the church already? Put aside OVCF for just a second and, and ask yourself this week, the application is, how are you doing as part of God's church? Amen? Because I put some real practical one another's on the back. Look at this. If you're like, well, what does that mean? Well... There's actually 50 plus verses I could have put here. But I wanted to put these, and I encourage you, read these verses. For the sake of, we belong to one another, it's not just about me. Because look what it says here. We're to love one another. We're to be devoted to one another. We're to honor one another. We're to live in harmony with one another. We're to serve one another. We're to bear with one another. We're to be kind and compassionate to one another. We're to forgive one another. We're to submit to one another. We're to admonish one another. We're to encourage one another daily. We're to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And I bookended it with, we're to love one another. That kind of answers what the church is to be about, which is what? One another. We belong to each other. And I want to tell you, that can be very uncomfortable and scary. Because what if people get to know my business? Are they still going to like me? Am I still going to be welcome here? Am I still going to be accepted? Will I still belong here? It's very real. I get that. I've been there. I've been there. And we know it takes time. We know it takes time. So the application this morning, and as you leave, Lord, how am I doing as part of your church? Because the truth is, the gifts and the talents you've been given and I've been given are to serve the body and not the body serve me. That's a huge one for many. We think the church is designed to serve our needs, meet our needs. When truth be known, And we're going to look at this. The gifts, the talents. God's plan is to give all of His kids gifts to serve His church. Now, here's the crazy thing. As you give yourself to others, as you serve, who gets blessed? It comes back a hundred times. But it's not about us. And so, in your transformation, maybe you're stuck in transformation Believe it or not, because you're stuck in what is the church. 
you might be stuck in transformation because somewhere along the line you thought the church was supposed to serve you and meet your needs. When the truth is, God's like, no, 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 no. Come with me. I want to transform you more and more into the image of Jesus as you serve, as you give yourself, as you lay down your life because you belong to one another. Oh, watch out what happens then. Watch out what happens when you lay your life down for Him and for His church. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. So please, take the time, read the verses, ask the Lord, Lord, how am I doing with this one another thing? How am I doing with people in my business? You know, right? And if you'll take that step of faith, watch out. Because over time, He will lovingly, gently shepherd you. Shepherd you. And, and teach you what it means to be a part of His church. Amen? As the band comes up, I just want to <clears throat> encourage you. This is a daily, almost probably moment-by-moment moment decision to stay engaged in the church in the biblical sense. When I was in college, I came this close to joining ROTC, Navy ROTC. My dad had been in the Navy. My brother had been in the academy, went to the academy, was an officer. And I was seriously considering signing that paper and joining the Navy ROTC at UCLA. Got the paperwork, looked at it. And when it came down to the deadline, the reason I did not join ROTC was at that time in my life, there was no way I was giving up my freedom. I knew the minute I gave that paperwork in, they had me. And I could no longer come and go as I wanted to go. And I was a super independent rebel. And I was not in a place to give up my freedom to the Navy at that point. I share that with you because if you understand what it means to be placed in the body already you're already in the church you've been drafted <laughs> you, you're in everyone say you're in. you're in you're already in so so for me that rebel and that independent spirit and they're like i don't wanna that goes all the way back to that rotc days the whole even the interaction with the church when i don't feel like it the pastor doesn't feel like it at times yeah <laughs> Right? When I got to, all that, I have to be very careful, and it is a walk in the Spirit for me. Because if they leave it to me and my own flesh, I'm going to be home watching football. That rebels, you know, this whole idea of being in. And so I'm with you. I get it. This whole idea of I'm already in. So, Lord, you've gifted me. You empower me through the Holy Spirit. Just, I'm yours. I belong to you. I belong to the body. Not because I'm a pastor, it's because I'm a believer. And when I settle that issue, I find peace. It's when I slide into myself, me, myself, and I, immediate conflict. I don't even have to look for it. It just comes. Because it, it just slides right back into me. So I'm with you. It's part of my transformation, even as a pastor, to stay yielded and surrendered that I'm already in. What I do here is just my gifting. It's no more valuable than yours. It really isn't. I'm just called to do this part of the church. We all have our part. Amen? Amen? And we're all in this together, right? So Amen. just turn to the person next to you and say, we're in this together. Woo! Yeah. All right. Let's stand up and let's sing this song.